You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Text for the sermon this morning, the reading also then, was uh, Matthew 15, verses 21 to 39. We'll read uh, to the end of the chapter, but the uh, first number of verses, 21 to 28, is the text. We read there God's word as follows. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And then we'll just read to the end of the chapter. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, and the mute, many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. People were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. Jesus told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up the seven basketful of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into a boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. So the text is the first part of the section we read, The Faith of the Canaanite Woman is the title above that in the NIV. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, Parents uh, all want the best for their children, don't they? Best for their children. Colin and Elise, you received a wonderful gift from the Lord in Asher. And I'm sure you want him, along with your other children, to have the best that you can get. And And a blessed and a happy future. Normal for parents to want the best for their kids. The media and the market have even clued into that, right? Nowadays, there are all kinds of television programs and books that claim to be able to help you raise your children to be happy and successful. We read about a mother in Matthew 15. First part of Matthew, that section we read in Matthew 15. She wanted the best for her child, 
her daughter. But it wasn't going well with her daughter. She was suffering terribly from demon possession. As happened more often during the time that Jesus was on earth. It was demon possession. The Son of God was on earth. Satan wanted to be here and increase power too. We don't read anything about what all that meant for the, the mother and child, but it must have been terrible for this girl and for her parents and family. Because that you can imagine that that demon controlled the lives of all the people in that family. Well, that mother wanted the best for her girl. And she had heard about Jesus. And she knew what she needed to do for her daughter. So she went to Jesus. Through this man, she believed she could get help for her tormented girl. And she did. Her faith was not disappointed. And I preached to you the word of God in the text with this theme. Canaanite woman is an example for Israel. We see two things. First, she has no right to Jesus' help. But in the second place, she has great faith. The Canaanite woman, in the first place, has no right to Jesus' help. The Lord Jesus, we're told at the beginning of our text, withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to that region. And notice it says he withdrew. Don't read over that those little details in the Bible, how things are stated. We're often inclined to do that, but it's good to pay careful attention to the exact words that are used in the Bible. Spirit chooses his words carefully. The text says Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, to the north. He wasn't just passing through on the way somewhere else. No, he retreated to that region. Why did he do that? Well, he'd been preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God throughout Galilee. The thing was, though, his preaching was not very well received. Part of Matthew before our text mentions he was being attacked by Pharisees and teachers of the law. They had come all the way from Jerusalem into Galilee to criticize Jesus, try to find fault with him. And after that confrontation, Jesus withdrew to another region. The leaders of the people of, of Israel attacked him, so he withdrew to another place. And not because he was afraid of those people. Later on, he would even let them arrest him and crucify him. But the thing was, now was not the time for that yet. And as well, it must have been a hard thing for him to deal with that. With the Jews, covenant people, he came to save, to bring salvation for, that they refused to accept him and instead attacked him. Jesus withdrew at that time from the people of Israel, the covenant people. 
And notice that he withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. That was a region outside the borders of Israel, in the region of Syrophoenicia, pagan region just north of the region of Galilee. The God of Israel was not worshipped there. It was the land where Queen Jezebel came from. If you know your Bible, you know Queen Jezebel. Not a nice lady. Daughter of the king of Sidon. And you remember, might remember from the book, first book of Kings, she married King Ahab of Israel. And she introduced Baal worship into Israel. Caused Israel to fall. So Tyre and Sidon were places that remind you of pagan religion. And Jesus withdrew himself to that region where God, the God of Israel, was not worshipped or served. You didn't have to expect anybody there to know the God of Israel. He wanted to be where people didn't know him for a while, maybe, to rest from the attacks of the leaders of the Jews. But while he was in that region, he was discovered by a Canaanite woman. Now, that she was called a Canaanite woman is also quite interesting in a a word that you shouldn't skip over here either. Because Canaanite is a, remember, a re- reminder of Old Testament times when the Israelites were supposed to drive all the Canaanites out of the land of Palestine. And they were not even supposed to make any peace treaties with them. And Israelites were strictly forbidden to marry with Canaanites. Otherwise, their children would be tempted to also be unfaithful to God. Follow the gods of the Canaanites. Practice their worship, which was terrible. That's what happened too, by the way. Witness King Ahab who married Jezebel, a Canaanite who ended up introducing Baal worship in Israel. Well, this Canaanite woman who discovered Jesus was there, she, she followed him around and she cried out, to him for help in our text. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And that, that's quite remarkable in that area of the, of the world. Because in Galilee, Jesus openly preached and did miracles among the covenant nation, the covenant people of God, who had been promised Savior and His, His salvation. But the Israelites, the covenant people, did not accept him as the promised one, the son of David. But here in the region of Tyre and Sidon, where he had withdrawn, where he didn't expect to see any faith at all, anybody who knew him or had any hope in him, a woman came to him beseeching him for divine mercy. And notice, she named him Lord. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And that's pretty amazing. A Canaanite woman in a pagan region where Jesus wanted to remain incognito, unknown, finds him, knows him, finds him, and believes that he is the promised king and savior. 
She believes that. And that's also why she asks a lot of him. She believes he can free her daughter of the powerful demon tormenting her. She's convinced he can do that. That he has the power and the authority to chase that demon out of her daughter. And therefore she calls out to him as he walks down the street. Probably walking alongside. She had obviously heard a fair bit about the Lord Jesus preaching in miracles back in Galilee. She had heard about that in that region. And she believed that. Maybe it was desperation. She wanted to believe the unbelievable. But the fact is she believed it. And she sought help for her daughter. She seeks that with Jesus. She wants the best for her child. And she seeks that best with the Lord Jesus. Wonderful example of faith here. Heartwarming, especially after the confrontation that Jesus had to go through in his own country among the covenant people with the leaders of the Jews, especially. However, Jesus' response to that woman's cries for mercy is kind of strange then, isn't it? Because it says in the text, verse 23, Jesus did not answer a word. What? Is not this the same Jesus who had proclaimed just a while before, and you can check that out in Matthew 11 if you want, but it says, Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now comes a woman who is weary and burdened with a demon-possessed daughter, and she goes to Jesus, and he gives her the cold shoulder. He doesn't answer her a word when she calls to him. And maybe, maybe you know the feeling. Maybe you have prayed intensely and are still praying intensely and repeatedly about something that burdens you in your life. A burden that you struggle with. And you go to the Lord with that and you ask him for help with that. He promised to help, but nothing changes in your life. And the burden remains. And maybe it even gets heavier. Why doesn't the Lord answer me? Is he listening? Why does he give me the cold shoulder? Well, if you've experienced that, look at what this Canaanite woman does. She doesn't give up. She keeps calling on Jesus. And you see that in that response of the disciples, verse 23, send her away for she keeps crying after us. This was a continual thing. They don't understand Jesus' silence. They don't necessarily feel sorry for the woman. But with her crying out for his help, she was becoming a pain to them. So why doesn't the Lord do, do something here? Tell her to get lost, maybe. Maybe tell her that her girl is healed and 
and send her away. But then the Lord Jesus, in response to the attitude of his disciples, answers them. He talks to them and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And he quotes there from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 6, where the prophet says, we all like sheep have gone astray. See, the, the good shepherd has sheep. And he came to this earth to seek his lost sheep. He came for his covenant people, the flock of Israel. He came to seek and save them. He didn't come for the Canaanites, for people in the region of Tyre and Sidon. And now again, that sounds pretty harsh. Sounds like don't bother with the Gentiles. Just deal with the covenant nation of Israel. But that's the picture we get all the way through the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 10, the Lord Jesus sent his disciples out and he instructed them with these words. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. See, the Lord does not forget his covenant promises promises he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he first directs his attention to the covenant nation of Israel. Only later, when it becomes completely obvious that most of Israel rejects him, does he open the doors completely. After his resurrection, the Lord Jesus sends his disciples out into the whole world. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. So then the Gospel isn't just for Israel, but for all the nations of the world. But even then, when the apostles went out after Jesus' ascension, they first went to the old, and, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they first went to the old covenant people, the Jews. Paul and his missionary journeys always went to the synagogues first. And then afterwards, he went to the Gentiles with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the way the Lord wanted it. First Israel, the opportunity, his own people, whom he called out of all nations at the beginning. But then the gospel has to go out to all nations too. Congregation, that's why that Canaanite woman in our text didn't get any response from the Lord Jesus at first. He, he stuck to his Father in Heaven's plan. He works in his own way and in his own time. And I want to emphasize that. In his own way, in his own time. And that's hard for that woman and mother. It's not always easy to accept that the Lord Jesus doesn't respond to us right away. But he works out his plan, his way. So then he doesn't always do what we want and ask for and think is best. No, he does what he promised. And he does that in his time. And he does that in his manner. And that's something we need to accept. And that's what we can learn from our text. 
that was a lesson for that Canaanite woman. It's also a lesson for us today. We shouldn't get discouraged if the Lord doesn't do as we want or we think He should. He's made promises. You heard those promises here at the baptismal font too. This morning, He made promises. And He has a plan in mind to fulfill His promises. And He works to fulfill those promises and that, and His plan in, in His way and His time. And He sees the big picture. And He works according to that. And we can leave it with Him. We come to the second point that I want to make in this text. That Canaanite woman is an example for Israel, and we've seen that she actually has no right to Jesus' help at that time. She's a Gentile, and he came for the people of Israel in the first place, covenant nation. But we also see the great faith of this Canaanite woman. That Canaanite woman congregation, she doesn't give up. She keeps at it, keeps calling out. And finally, she comes right up to Jesus, and she kneels in front of him. And I can imagine, oh, he's walking down the street, she just makes a beeline, right, stands in front of him, gets down in front of him. He can't go anywhere anymore. Can't get around her. Lord, help me, she says. She, as it were, clings to him. At this time, he does answer her. He tells her what he had just told his disciples a moment before. And then he tells the same thing then in figurative language, kind of a metaphor. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. That's a fact. He's just stating a fact. You don't do that. The Canaanite woman would have to agree with that. She wanted the best for her daughter too. But you don't throw what is meant for your children to their pet dogs. And with those children, of course, the Lord Jesus had in mind the people of Israel. God's Old Testament covenant children. The bread. We can say now, looking at this text now from what we know, that text, that bread, that bread is actually the Lord Jesus himself. He once called himself the bread of life. And that's how we confess him in the bread of the Lord's Supper every time. Food of eternal life. And the dogs are the Gentiles, the non-Israelites, the unclean, uncircumcised. Jesus Christ came for the covenant people of Israel. And the dogs, the unclean Gentiles, they have no right to that bread of life promised to the children. Not very flattering imagery the Lord Jesus uses here. Imagine being compared to a dog, even a child's pet. However, the Canaanite woman isn't upset by that imagery. She's not upset at all. No, she hooks right into that imagery. She understands that right away. If the children eat the bread, there's going to be some crumbs left over that will fall on the floor when you sweep off the table. 
And the dogs are always allowed to eat those crumbs which fall on the ground from the table, are they not? That's what she asked the Lord Jesus. What a wonderful response to Jesus' words and Jesus' imagery. That woman obviously understood at that moment, right there, what Jesus was talking about. And she knows her place. She accepts that she doesn't belong to the covenant people. She has no right to the bread, to the mercy of the Savior. And still she holds out her hand to the God of Israel. And she says, I'll be satisfied with even just a few crumbs, Lord, after the children of Israel have eaten. And she trusts that the bread the Lord gives is more than enough for Israel and that there might be some left over for her as a Gentile and for her daughter too. God's grace for Israel, yes. She doesn't deny that. She accepts that. But she's sure that there is so much grace in God in Christ that she, even though she's a Gentile woman who has no right to it, can share in a little bit of leftover grace if it pleases God. And it does please Him. The Lord Jesus says, woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. It was the kind of faith he hardly saw in Israel among the people of promise. And he comes across it here in the region of Tyre and Sidon, this completely Gentile, unbelieving region. And you see, congregation, the children were actually ignoring the bread. The children were brushing whole loaf of bread off the table. They didn't accept the Savior sent by God, the promised son of David. Most of them refused to accept the bread that gives life. But there stood a dog, a Canaanite woman, ready to accept it and eat it off the floor. She's an example to Israel. She sought her help and life from the promised Savior. And she receives that mercy too. We're not told her name. We don't know her daughter's name or age. We just know from our text that Jesus did what he asked, what she had asked of him. He says to her, very simply, your request is granted. And that might just be two words. That's just two words. Quest granted. And Jesus healed her demon-possessed daughter from a distance. It says at the end of the text, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Short and sweet. Very sweet. It's enough. For the healing of that girl wasn't really even the main thing. The faith of the woman is she kept clinging to Jesus, the son of David, even when he didn't answer her. Even when he gave her the hard answer about not tossing the children's bread to the dogs. Even when he told her that his salvation was in the first place for the children of Israel. Even then, she humbly keeps seeking 
her help in him. That's great faith, brothers and sisters, boys and girls. Great faith. And great faith, what is that? That's expecting a lot from the Lord. That's not giving up, asking him for his mercy and help in your day-to-day struggles. That's great faith. It's not being impolite to keep asking. It's great faith. We're allowed to keep asking as long as we realize that we can't force the Lord to do what we want. He'll work things in His way and His time. We need to accept that. But we are allowed to have great faith to keep asking Him to give us what He promised at our baptism to, to care for us, to forgive us, and to make new people of us. If we keep asking, He will certainly respond in His time and His way. And then we'll realize too, His answer is good. The thing is, that faith of that Canaanite woman was an example to all Israel at that time. And at that time, it was an admonition for Israel. The children didn't appreciate the bread that the God the Father was holding out to them, the bread of life. They had been chosen and raised as covenant people. From when they were small, the Israelites had learned about God's promises. It was part of their everyday life. But now that the promised Savior had come, the fulfillment, they rejected Him, rejected what He came to bring. They brushed Him, the bread of life, off the table, so to speak. You see, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that's possible. You can be a covenant child, child of promise. You can be raised to know those promises. And yet, you can reject the bread of eternal life, your Savior. God's promises are wonderful. And we heard those promises here, the baptism of little Asher again. Those promises, though, they don't come to fulfillment automatically. God's promises require faith from us. A response of faith from those who are able to believe. Faith like that Canaanite woman had. Lord, give me, even if it's just a crumb. I need it from you. She wanted the best for her child, also for herself. Her desire was that her daughter would be freed of that evil spirit that had taken possession of her. That's why she went to the Lord Jesus. She believed in him. She realized that only with him, her daughter could have blessedness and happiness and freedom. Only with him, life, in fact. Sometimes, you know, when parents seek the best for their kids, and they have in mind the best being financial success, maybe good education, high education, nice career, good relationships. Nothing wrong with those things in themselves. 
to have goals for your kids. But the best of the best for your child is that they belong consciously to the Lord Jesus Christ and that they love Him, believe in Him. He has given us and our children His everlasting promises. Promise to take care of us. Promises to wash us of all our sins. Promises to renew our hearts and to teach us to live in love. Count on His promises. Believe in Him. Ask for His promises to be fulfilled in you. Seek Him in faith. And do your utmost to teach your children the same. Because He's the best of the best anybody could have. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.